Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Jesus is the Word of God, the very thought and idea of God made flesh. He is the will of God made flesh and the way to God made flesh. Now, every thought that you have must prove itself to be true by tracing it back to the feet of the Lord Jesus in worship. And also, now that the Word has been made flesh to be among you, don't commit this one grave error. Don't turn that Word back into mere words. It is the way of religion, but it's not the way into relationship with the one true God. They had a good thought, but they hadn't followed it to its final resting place. If you bring it to the feet of the Lord Jesus, there will be one residual impact on your life. All of those wonderful, high, lofty thoughts will bring you before one who you'll cast yourself before on your face to worship and adore. And the residue on your life will be profound, worshipful humility. Humility. So it's a test. Whether I'm just toying with words and ideas and concepts, or whether these words and these ideas, no matter how good they are, have brought me to the place where they're meant to bring me, which is the Lord Jesus. Because when they do, all things of personal pride melt away, and what's left for us only is to worship and adore. Just that. Let me just make a fourth point here. Draw this in. I'm concerned that all that we're saying is so simple and so obvious, and at the same time, someone might miss the point. And I um, wish that I could phrase myself in a way that was just very basic and very simple, and I could just put some bullet points together and say, here it is, here's three things to say. Actually, if I did that, you'd write your sermons on the back of a three-by-five card, and you'd speak for 30... 60 seconds, and then you'd all go home. And that would not be that edifying, I don't think. I don't want you to miss this. I want to share with you the best way to study the life of Christ. I want to share with you that I believe that the danger in the way that men study the life of Christ is they take the word that's become flesh and they turn it back into the word. They take the word that's become flesh to come among us and have a relationship and know in deep profound relationship, and they turn it back into word, just ideas and concepts. There are a number of ways to approach your study of the life of Christ in the Gospels. One of the most popular ways is that you, you know, you wear the little bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? WWJD. And you study the Gospels just to find out from the life of Jesus an example of how you ought to live yourself. And you see how Jesus lived, and you say, well, I want to follow that example as well. And, you know, it's not entirely wrong. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Which, by the way, I don't think actually means just follow his example. He's saying, let this mind be in you. Let this one be in you. Just as he was in the world, let him be in you in this way. But you can go and just follow the example. Follow out the life of Christ and kind of make a manual for Christian living. What is it? How is it I'm to perform? What am I supposed to do? What's the right actions for my life? Here's another way to study the life of Christ. You can look at the life of Christ and you can basically recognize that Jesus lived his life as a man totally dependent, completely dependent upon the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. 
And as a Christian, you can recognize that the Holy Spirit has now been given to us. And so you can look at everything that the Lord Jesus did, and then you can process it this way as you study his life. I've been given this same spirit. I can live that way too. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I can live the kind of life the Lord Jesus lived. And there is an element of, just like in the other one, there's an element of truth. There's something that's somewhat, there's, it's not all wrong, but let me just suggest to you that in both of these approaches, which are the two common approaches for studying the life of Christ, in both of these approaches, what you're tending to do is you're taking the word and the ideas that became flesh and you're turning them back into word and ideas. You're saying, give me information on how I can live. You're saying, show me some principles that I can follow in order to tap into spiritual power in my life to navigate this world in a meaningful and powerful way. And you're turning back into principles and you're turning back into information and concepts and ideas. Both cases, you're tending to turn the word made flesh back into just word, back into instruction on how to behave rightly or back into principle for tapping into personal power. I want to give you a better way to study the word and to study the life of Jesus Christ, and it's this. When you study it properly, when you study the story of the life of Jesus Christ properly, the result will not be simply knowing how to conduct yourself or simply knowing how to gain some level of spiritual power in a world in which you have to face and contend with challenges and difficulties and temptations. The first and primary expression will simply be that you meet a person that you worship and you glorify from day to day and moment by moment. So here's how you should read it instead. Read the Gospels and understand that in the life of this one who is named or given the name Jesus, you are seeing the life of God walking on the earth. You're seeing God. Jesus is revealing to us the heart of the Father and the Spirit. This was God, is God, will always be God, the holy, incorruptible God of all the earth, the one to whom we gain all of our life and being, and the one to whom we will answer for all of our life and being. And Jesus is making God plain to us, and known to us, and relatable to us. Jesus made it possible for us to do what the Bible said was impossible. The Bible says no one can look upon God and live. And Jesus made it possible for us to look at God and live. In fact, what the Lord Jesus did in coming was make it so that we cannot live without looking at God through Him. Looking at Him. It's life. No one has seen God at any time. Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. You want to live, you want to have life, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's from looking at God by looking at me. So, let me stress again that the first thing that you should see when you study the accounts of the life of Christ in the Gospels is always and ever the glory of God walking among human beings in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Study the Gospels in order to Worship the wonder of that event and know that God is still doing that. Jesus is still doing that now. He no longer walks his way across the sandy shores of Galilee, across the arid plains of the Judea. He now, by the Spirit, walks throughout my heart and life. He walks in me. He lives in me.
God. Tabernacling, not now with men, but in men. Living in me. To give me the reality of a relationship with Him. To be the final and full expression of all things to be known and understood that are good and right. All of them meet perfectly in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me make a conclusion. Why is this all important? Why is what I'm saying not some strange new idea maybe you've never heard before? It's all important because of this. Living life is all about facing challenges. It's about confronting the challenge of finding meaning and purpose and to live a life that has a value, that has value within it. That's what everyone is trying to do. It's, it's overcoming failure. It's dealing with temptations. It's putting some sense of proper order in your life. It's overcoming sin. It's overcoming disappointment and challenges and hardship. It's finding the right way to act and think and avoiding those actions and those thoughts that are self-defeating. I mean, this is how people approach life. This is what life is all about. This is the kind of wisdom that even wise, unsaved people will try to help their children receive and work through. And we really construct our lives and live our lives doing the exact same thing. For all of this, you have to come up with ideas. You have to come up with a concept of how you're going to live your life. You have to come up with kind of intellectual priorities or a value system. You have to come up with a plan of action, a way of looking at things. And when you do all that, when you construct it and you try to come up with the best concept of how you're going to live your life, the best idea for yourself, you'll soon discover that it's not enough. doesn't matter how good it is, how wise it is. You'll soon discover that there's something hollow in all of it. The very best idea is a vacuum of emptiness. Even the best concept of God, the best intellectual idea, the best laid out expression of what the atonement means, it doesn't matter what it is. You have it, you hold to it, you lock it into place, you'll discover it's not enough. But what God does is He brings all these truths and all these ideas, even the best ideas, to us in Himself. And God says, I'm with you. I'm for you. You come to me, and I'll give you rest. You take my yoke upon me. You yoke yourself up with me. I'll grant you myself for your highest idea as your highest goal, as the meaning and life behind the best plan your best, loftiest thoughts. I won't let you hold them out there in the margins of your life, out on the extremities of your intellectual capacities. I will let them, I will breathe them into you with my own life, my own presence, my own person. When we only turn to Jesus as a divine example or as the basis for learning spiritual principles, we lose the greatest gift that He has given to us. He is God come in the flesh. Come now to live within us. Jesus takes all the laws and all the principles of spiritual life which are out there at the margins of our life, unattainable to us in our own strength, and He brings them through His own person into our very hearts. And now they're not just laws to obey. They're not just words to follow. They're not just principles to practice. They're not just concepts to acknowledge and intellectually adhere to. But they are points at which we can know and experience the life of Jesus. The life of God. 
expressing him most intimately and personally in our inmost beings. This God, this Savior, lives in you to show you himself. He lives in you all the glory that is all his. Jesus is very God, a very God, the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. We are complete in Him. Let's pray. God, you've heard me pray before. Show me what to do. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. Show me the right path. Help me to present the right attitude. Lord, I don't understand. Clarify it to me. You've heard the prayer so many times because it's a part of my need, it's a part of my desire. But the prayer did not go far enough if it only went there. God, give me yourself. Jesus, cast me upon you. Let me trust in you until the moment of your way and working is revealed. Show me how you want to live your own perfect life out from me. Don't show me what I'm to do. Show me, O oh God, what you would do through me. Lord, as I wait upon the final conclusion of things, I need your life. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, may God bless you.